Thank you for downloading this episode of A History of Central Florida podcast. This is the podcast where we explore Central Florida's history through the artifacts found in local area museums and historical societies. This series is brought to you by Riches, the regional initiative to collect the histories, experiences, and stories of Central Florida and the Orange County Regional History Center. I am Daniel Velasquez, and I will be your host for today's episode titled Mickey's Ears. The Mickey Ears hat is an iconic Walt Disney World souvenir. It is an item found at many Disney Park stores and on the heads of millions of park guests since the opening of Magic Kingdom in 1971. The hat featured here is the traditional black cotton cap with plastic ears and the Mickey Mouse logo stitched on the front. It became widely associated with the Disney brand through the Mickey Mouse Club television show of the 1950s. Aside from making Disney fans happy, this simple hat and other Disney World souvenirs can become windows into Disney's impact in Central Florida. We interviewed Dr. Tracy Revels from Wofford College who remembers seeing many of Disney World's original souvenirs during her visit in 1971. I remember I brought home a stuffed Pluto from Disney and I remember that you had to buy tickets for each ride. I don't really recall there being a whole lot of variety, certainly not the way there is now, but there were definitely the iconic Mickey Mouse t-shirts, the iconic ears, uh, all of the basic Disney animals, but it was small enough that you really could go to the park and ride all the rides and get all the characters' autographs in one day, which of course is uh, impossible to imagine today. Disney World has grown tremendously since 1971. It is now very difficult to experience all of Magic Kingdom in one day, let alone the other three theme parks, two water parks, golf courses, campgrounds, shopping areas, and other attractions that now comprise Walt Disney World. Given Disney's success, other brands came to Orlando with the hopes of drawing similar results from the region's ever-increasing tourist population. Ronald Logan from the University of Central Florida talks about the large theme park form of tourism that arose in Orlando modeled after Disney. Well, they're looking at, they're looking at what was successful and what wasn't successful. You know, they had their own brands. Like Universal's was like Ride the Movies and Universal was always more adult-oriented and less family-oriented in regard to the movies, whereas Walt made movies for family, Universal made movies for <clears throat> about anything. And I, these companies that came in, because I, I knew a lot of people that worked for those companies, now most of those companies are run by ex-Disney people, as you know, but, so they're all becoming quite similar rather than different. Disney and the other companies that came after sparked unprecedented economic and population growth in Orlando. Dr. Gary Mormino, Professor Emeritus at the University of South Florida, discusses the effects of Disney's arrival in Central Florida. The, the sheer numbers involved. Uh, Florida was a tourist state before Disney. It became even more a tourist state. I mean, the numbers are stunning now. Uh, I think 40 million 
tourists in the Orlando area, the greater Orlando area. And we're, we're the fourth largest state in the nation with, with 19 million, but 40 million travelers and tourists. Uh, and most come because of, of Disney there. Uh, and, and maybe finally the impact on Orlando. If, if you go back to 1950s and even 60s, Orlando is a moderately important town. It's the capital of a vast agricultural winter vegetable and fruit empire. But it's not an important, it's not a significant city. It's an important city. Uh, now Orlando, I think one can make the argument Orlando is a world watch city simply because of, of Disney. I, I would argue the two most important cities in Florida, or metropolitan areas, are Miami and, and Orlando. Orlando not because of the numbers, but because of the cultural influence of, of Disney. Besides making Orlando a world-renowned city, Disney also brought a thematic shift to the tourism industry in Florida, as Dr. Mormino explains. One of the big changes also was there were theme parks in Florida before Disney, but the theme was Florida. People still came as late as the 60s because of Florida's natural attractions. They came for... Uh, bass fishing and they always came for the beaches and they came for golf courses and I understand a golf course is not a natural attraction but they came because of Florida's inherent natural attractions there's none of that really at Disney uh, Disney transformed the tourist industry into one that's very high-tech that Disney has, has uh, brought to Florida Dr. Revels further describes the corporate turn brought about by Disney and the idea of Disney as the Florida destination. But what Disney, I think, really changed was the idea of corporate entertainment. Most everything else in Florida had been little attractions, often run by families. Disney, of course, was a huge corporation with lots and lots and lots of money. So they could scoop up a tremendous area in two counties, more room than they probably will ever finish building on. And they could also advertise in movies and on television and the radio in a way that other tourist attractions in Florida just could. Mr. Logan agrees that the decline of Florida's small roadside attractions was indeed a product of the arrival of Disney World and other theme parks. It's a competition issue, and it's a marketing issue. If the Disney or the Universal, like with Harry Potter now, for example, is the big reason to go, that's going to be the first thing you decide to go for. You're not going to come down to Orlando for Gatorland, let's say. When you get here, certainly you will, and absolutely had an effect on that. Disney came, Disney had the market. The Universal came, well, there's a competition there. And then SeaWorld came, and there's competition there. Now we have Legoland, there's competition there. So... All of that makes, makes the roadside things tougher to deal with. Originally, Walt Disney wasn't really interested in the state's exotic and unique qualities, like smaller attractions were for decades. Although climate was a deciding factor, Florida's natural beauty was not the selling point. Dr. Revels tells us about his fateful decision. You could really have put Disney World anywhere 
The reason it came to Florida was because Disney needed a warm place and needed a place with a lot of roads reaching it and also needed a place that would be very, very cheap to buy. But in terms of Disney talking about the Florida experience or relating to things that are part of Florida, like alligators or palm trees or hurricanes or anything like that. No, it's totally a Disney fantasy world, the mermaids. Disney is simply a really a corporate product, something that all Americans recognize. But the only real connection to Florida is it just happens to be in the middle of Florida. Disney is a global brand with global reach. It is not attached to a place. You can be a Disney fan no matter where you are. Because of this reality, Disney souvenirs are different from the souvenirs of the Tinkin Tourist era in that they are not selling Florida. The keepsakes sold in many of Florida's older tourist attractions would commemorate your visit to a specific place, Florida. Disney souvenirs were not rooted in Florida as a place. Instead, Disney was selling a fantasy that was the Disney experience. Disney's global influence, tied with the rise of mass consumerism, allowed Disney souvenirs to become extremely popular, as Dr. Revels explains. Obviously, with Disney, you're going to want to buy things that every that's like a symbol of pride. I've been to Disney World. You've got to have the Mickey Mouse shirt. You've got to have the ears. These are instantly recognizable things. And because of that, I think Disney probably can charge a lot more, and people are expected to spend a lot more than, say, if you just brought home a mug with an alligator on it or a shark's tooth or a little snow globe that uh, says, I've been to Florida. Disney has almost become a kind of a pilgrimage, and Disney has certainly promoted that idea to the point that coming down to Florida and going to this place is almost a sacred ritual of consumerism in America. If a trip to Disney World has become a rite of passage of sorts for American families, then perhaps the Mickey Mouse ears hat is their badge of honor. Thus, incredible population and economic growth are not the only changes brought on by the arrival of Walt Disney World to Central Florida. Since the heyday of Florida's small tourist attractions, which capitalized on the state's uniqueness, the tourism industry in Florida has transformed to become fueled by consumerism and to be increasingly more centered on the corporate brands, particularly Disney's. We hope you have enjoyed this episode of a History of Central Florida podcast. For more information about the objects from this episode, visit the Orange County Regional History Center at 65 East Central Boulevard, Orlando, Florida 32801. Make sure to join us for our next episode titled John Young's Flight Suit.